Hey everyone, I'm Kari. Hello everyone, I am Bri. And this is CSI Talk. Hello everyone, welcome back. Another week, another episode of Tuesday Talk. Hi. Well, before we begin, uh, this is a safe space for you. Okay, this is always going to be a safe space for you. I think on every episode we start with that with this. So this is always going to be a safe space, no matter what happens. Okay, you always going to have a place here, and we love you. Yeah. So the it's a statement. Business is in a weird place. Uh, specifically Hollywood, and this is probably going to set in motion a lot of changes on how entertainment is done all several other countries. If you live in the Americas as a whole, this is going to set in stone how entertainment is done in, in, in the Americas. Okay, so today we were supposed to break down Episode 8 of Season 2 is Lives of Las Vegas. We're still going to do that, but we're going to do that in two weeks. Okay. It's still going to happen, but it's going to happen in two weeks after we break down Grave Danger, which is going to be a two-parter episode because uh, Grave Danger is a is a, a movie, right? So after what happened, I mean, day is Friday. <laughs> so technically this happened yesterday. Midnight, because the strike started... At 12.01, because that's when the, because the contracts end. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah, I have Grover some here. The thing is, this is not the first time this has happened. No. And, well, in the history of the show itself, I'm talking about CSI Crimson Investigation. Have you ever wondered why season eight is the shortest season besides season 16 and season 15? Because it was the end of the original iteration, so season 15 and season 16 are the shortest season because they were wrapping up the storylines, but season 8 is the shortest. So I had 17 episodes, if I'm mistaken. The CSI, Science Investigation, always stuck to the 21, 22 episodes format, which is now considered the old format of television. Why does season eight has 17 episodes? Because of the strike, because of a writer's strike that happened. And our actors, the actors from the original iteration, they actually supported the writers when that happened. Mark was there. She was in the front lines fighting for the writers, and she is still in the front lines today. We have, like, our CSI kings and queens, they are over. They are fighting for everyone. Yeah. But this like, time, it includes everyone, but back then, okay. it only had the writers. Yes, and actually, one thing impacted... So, Willem Peterson was originally planning to leave at the end of Season 8, but the strike happened. Oh, we had just come out of Season 7, arguably the fan favorite of any CSI fan, the most beloved season of the original iteration. We had just come out of that season, and everybody loved that, and... 
everyone was like, what are they going to do? Because the name I know was just yeah. out of an incredible storyline. We want to see what is going to happen to the characters right now because Grissom and Sarah are together. What is going to happen to the characters? And then Georgia Fox decided to leave the show. And technically, it was a great story because Sarah was suffering from what happened to Natalie Davis. They decided to take Sarah out of the storyline. And then it didn't make sense for Grissom to stay in the show if Sarah was not there. Which was good. I mean, they did end up together in the end. So, But he was not supposed to leave in the beginning of season 9. He was supposed to leave in the end of season 8. But if you've seen... TV shows with more than 20 episodes, you know that sometimes it feels like there's a lot of filler storylines that happens, right? Or sometimes stories that make no sense or stories that doesn't necessarily have an end and they're just there. That's what happened. Yeah. And they it- were not paying the writers enough for their work. And apparently they're still or not. We're not talking about CBS here. We're talking about... Everywhere. Uh, everywhere. The industry as a whole. Okay? Because those writers are the ones that make the characters as good as they are. It's not just the actor that makes the character. But Kevin makes a show without the writers. And those writers were the ones that gave us Natalie Davis. Arguably one of the best villains that we ever had in CSI history. And I'm going to die on this hill. I'm going to die on the Natalie Davis on the miniature killer train. I'm going to go down with the strength because those are the writers that gave us the best villain that we've ever gotten on CSI history. And then we came to season eight and those writers were not getting their money's worth. It, it doesn't seem fair. Season 8 of the show was definitely affected to the point in which they had to end the show with 17 episodes in Warwick's storyline. They had to focus on his storyline because of a decision that came from above. Actually, until this day, we don't really know what happened. What had come out to the media at that point was a decision that came from above. The writers were told that they had to wrap up Warwick's storyline. And I still don't know how Billy Peterson never got any award for his performance on how Grissom was Warwick. But, well, Grissom had to literally oversee so he could wrap up Warwick's storyline. And then we got introduced to another serial killer, and then Grissom left. There was two other characters we introduced at the same time, and... uh, what is some fans referred to? Hot mess, you know. The writers at the time, they did get a raise and all of that. It was all good until the streaming platforms came on. And then the way people do television changed. Well, I'm pretty sure some of you watch TV shows that they are no longer 21, 22 episodes long. They are. 8 episodes long, 12 episodes long, or even 13 episodes long. If you watch any Marvel shows, then maybe they're just 8 episodes long. 
And if you watch anything that's straight to Disney Plus or Paramount Plus, it's mm-hmm. anywhere between 8 and 13. I mean, the first season of CSI Vegas was standard episodes. Season two, we got more than 20, more than 20 episodes, which was great, by the way. And the writers were told that they had to come up with TV shows and characters and all of that. But us as the viewers, we had no idea that they were not making as much money as they should. They were not making as much money as they should. Why weren't they? And then it came the pandemic and people started to really watch those TV shows. People were signing up to streaming platforms and movies that were supposed to come out in the movie theaters. They had to go straight to the streaming platforms. The one example that comes to my mind right now is Black Widow by Marvel Studios. People have been wanting to watch that movie and asking for a movie for Black Widow for a while. So the movie went straight to Disney Plus and you had to pay to watch the movie. Right. At that time, you had to pay 25 bucks to watch the movie. At least it was here. It was really good. Everybody loved it until we found out that the producers and the writers and the actors that had worked on the movie, they were not getting their residuals as they normally would if the movie had gone straight to the movie theater first. And the thing is, there was no law or rule that enforced the fact that they would get residuals if the movie went straight to a streaming platform. A movie that had been made for the movie theater first, and then it was supposed to go to a streaming platform. There was nothing in their contract that said anything like that. I think a few months later, it came out to the news that the staff that works in the movie, they did make the residuals. The studio gave them part of the proceeds that they got from the movie to them. But it was only after people complained. It was only after the fans went to social media and said how unfair that was because everybody wanted to watch that movie for so long. When it finally came out and people couldn't go to the movies to watch it because of the situation, People couldn't control. And now we come to what is happening today to the strike. You might not know what is a strike or you might be confused to what a strike actually is. It's okay. We got you. So what is a strike? A strike is when a group of workers, they get together and they go to the people they are working for. And then they demand better quality of work, better work conditions, better pay, whatever they want. They demand what they want from the people they are working for. And if the person they are working for do not meet their conditions, those workers decide to go on a strike, which means that they're going to stop working. And these people can actually go on the protest as well which has been happening for a while now because if you follow some actors on social media, you can see them going on protest. And Sarah Gilman, Alex Manley, Morg, they all have been going to those protests too. Not that CBS hasn't been providing 
go more quality for them. But because everyone else that works with them, I mean, the actors, the producers, everyone else that works with them on their work class, they have not been getting the same work condition that our beloved actors from the show CSI Vegas have been getting. So our beloved cast, they are signing for the little guys. You know, for the little and guys, the SAG effort, they decide to go completely on the strike, which means that all productions have been shut down. Any that are under SAG after have shut down. Any that are not under SAG after have not shut down. So let's say Sundance, that's not part of SAG after. So if somebody, let's say, Molly Cyrus, she's part of SAG after, she could go, but she could do a Sundance movie because that's different. They're not part of SAG after. And shows like House of Dragon is not part of SAG after, even though it is, I mean, Max, it's not part of SAG. And sure that it's not being shot in the U.S. or actors that are the part of the SAG after, they can still go and work or anything else. But if a show is being produced in U.S. soil and they abide to SAG after rules, they can no longer go on production. Look, this is going to affect everything, okay? What about season three of San Vegas? So far, the production hasn't begun yet, and and there probably hasn't been any right, very few episodes probably have been written before yeah. the writer strike started seventy one days ago. When you yeah. guys listen to this, it would be closer to seventy six days, I think. This is what we disagree. Yeah, this is what I disagree. The music has been really pessimistic about this. I rather I not mean, get my hopes up. So, I, I'm thinking that the show is going to aim for a late summer production. And thing. I don't see this strike ending before summer's over. I see it ending early fall. This is coming from somebody who's paying heavily attention to it and who's in the state. Yeah, but the thing is, I see the strike from the point of view of someone who has been certain strikes. I've for studied my whole life in school. Yeah, I know that, and uh, I've studied the history of strikes and all that, and uh, not just artists' strikes. I've studied all of them. But and uh, historically speaking, the workers always win, but it's not without some loss to their side. It's not with some loss to their side. But almost 100% of their needs are always met. Not 100% of their needs are met. But like 95% of their needs are met. You got what I'm saying? The strike that's happened before and the strike that is happening now. The strike that is happening now involves a lot of big names. But and so what we're saying, CSI Vegas, the civil play of CSI Vegas is still safe. But we said a bit a couple of months ago that season three will come out in November. We could be seeing a December date or maybe a January date at this point. Yeah. Actors are fighting for everybody. They're fighting for even the background actors. They're fighting for crew members. And they're fighting yeah. for shuttle work days. Yeah, because some studios, they do provide good work quality in 8 to 12 hours of work day. Some studios don't. You might have seen the show, I don't know, I might have heard about it. 
of the show Riverdale. An actor from that show a couple of years ago, he got into a car accident, KJ Affa. He plays the uh, role of Archie and he fell asleep on the wheel after working for a lot of hours. He could have died. Yeah. I'm reading this to you from the Hollywood Reporter. And if you literally just Google Riverdale after gets into a car accident, you're going to see a lot of news from this. It's so much more than your favorite show, continually or not. We're talking about AI now, right? <laughs> there was a groundbreaking offer. The groundbreaking offer that they were given is AI scanning the body of extras. And the actress would only get paid for one day's of work and their image would be used for eternity. And this also limits the amount of people that can join SAG because in order to join SAG, you need to be a number of SAG rules or a certain amount of hours in a SAG rule in, in order to join SAG or SAG after. So they're also trying to limit the amount of people who can be I'm going to put right now some parts of Peppermint's live stream that she did on Instagram right here so you guys can understand for very easy terms why this strike is important. Because the writers and the actors and performers are not able to perform and, and participate. Just different groups of people that haven't always been represented in mainstream film and TV. And that's in huge part, but it really is thanks in a huge part to the writers and the creators who decided that they wanted to bring their stories to life. Okay, we're back. The writers and actors are together in more than 60 years. Yeah, 63 to be exact. The situation really had to get to a point in which they had to get together to make some changes, which is... How do you, how do you get to this level? I think, like, our show is safe. Our show itself is safe. We might be looking to a later date, but so far it's safe. We have a message from the boys at CSI Love You Podcast. I don't know if you guys ever heard it. It's a podcast from to actors from the original iteration of CSI, and it's a great show, actually. And we asked them if they had anything to tell the fans about what is going on in Hollywood at the moment, and they said, we are strong union supporters and are in solidarity with full WGH and the SAG strikes. Appreciate your support. Here's why Liz Bassey, who plays Wendy, on CSI crime scene investigation has to say about everything that is going on. This strike is absolutely necessary for both my unions and I supported it 100%. There's a misconception that actors and writers are all swimming in cash. But the truth is, it's getting harder and harder to make a living wage, to even earn enough to qualify for health insurance, while the CEOs are making millions upon millions. This is a fight for nothing less than the future of our industry. 
We have a message from Sarah Gilman, who plays Fanny Gill, who I honestly hope she becomes a series regular on season three of CSI Vegas because she's one of my favorite characters in the show. It's not the same without her. So I'm still here on this campaign to have her as a series regular. Here's what she says. I'm not in place to speak for the entire cast, so this is my personal opinion and stance. First of all, thank you all so much for your support. This show wouldn't exist without you all to me here. I am so, so excited to get back to filming season three, whenever they may be. But in the meantime, I cannot overstate the importance of this strike and why it cannot be rushed for the longevity of the entertainment business, but also for every other industry today. This strike and even show its deal can very well set the precedence for both regulation around AI and the response to a growing wage and the wealth inequalities. In 1980, the average CAO made 30 times the lowest wage earner in their company. Now, Bob Iger makes 400 times the lowest wage earner at Disney. The fact that the majority of entertainment executives make over $30 million a year, while less than 50% of SAC after members can afford health insurance is ridiculous from no matter where you stand. And what Atlantic staff writer Sosha Gonzalez termed C-Suite ignorance. The hasty, profits-driven decisions made at executive level in the entertainment industry is not confined to Hollywood. We can't back down on these issues. On the other hand, studios want to be able to make changes to actors' dialogue and even create new scenes without informed consent. Not to mention, they want to use actors' image, likenesses, and performance to train new generative AI systems without consent or compensations. These are the ramifications in the entertainment industry. There will be other iterations in other industries. Right now, we need to stand strong and be on the front lines of this fight, fighting to set the precedence for fair pay, health, and pensions benefits and creative control and agency. These are not issues we can't compromise on. I can't wait to get back to filming, but only if it comes to a fair deal. Thank you all so much for your support as this show has grown and for sending well wishes to us on the picket line. We're striking so we can ensure Hollywood is made of stories and not just content. Love you all. And we love you so much, Sarah. We love you. We love you so, so much. And I'm still going to be on the campaign to make uh, Penny a series regular. Still going to be here every single day. Make Penny Gill a series regular. Just in Tracy, you heard me. You've been listening to me since Penny first showed up. I love her. Please make her a series regular. Or like, so I can put in other ways. So some shows, they Sometimes when strikes happen, essentials are safe, but they don't start until another year. So we also might be looking at a much later date, depending on how long the strike lasts. At this point, I think that some authorities are going to get involved. Some authorities are going to get involved, and they might do some worker laws about the actors and writers itself, because Speaking from a social, political point of view, this is literally what a lack of law is doing. Because if there was a law that could 
stay. Nectar is only allowed to work from 8 to 12 hours on a work day, which means that it's from Monday to Friday. And they have the right to health care and all of the workers' benefits. And the friend Fletcher even said this one is not truly about health care. This is one to protect our likeness. How would you got to feel if, say, 50 years from now, your picture is shown, but your family is not paid for that? So an example on the show I've watched, I've watched every now and then, there is an insurance. Shannon Doherty, in the final two episodes, she did not want her likeness to be shown. because, And they made, they were fine with that because they knew they would have to pay for fee if her likeness was shown. And if you guys are following, the thing is, this is what is called residual, is when the, the show that an actor has worked for is shown all around the globe. And they are entitled to a percentage, like they're entitled to some money that the show has made. Depending on how many times a certain episode has been shown all around the globe, it also depends on how big the show is and how big your name is. Um, I know a couple of people who play this with residuals. So Josh Molina, he's mostly known for movies like from a show like The West Wing and an Aaron Sorkin movie. He was in an episode of CSI, the one when Natalie Davis was in court. He played her lawyer. A couple of years ago, he showed his residual. That was one cent. Just one cent. And then, well, right before the strike was starting, Constance Marie, who most of you probably know as Angie from Just Lopez, she showed her residual checks from the shows, which, which is one of the big shows on ABC Family, now preformed, back when I was still in school. The most of her residuals for that show, even though they're shown quite often on some networks and streamed all the time. Her residuals are anywhere between three cents just 74 cents. Yeah, you know, like, like I said, it depends on how big your name is. Imagine how much money Matthew Gray Gubbler, who plays Dr. Spencer Reed, Criminal Minds, he makes every single time an episode of Criminal Minds is shown all around the globe. He might make, I don't know, one dollar per episode. Oh, Mark Shepard, he's been in almost every single nerd show. Every time one of the Supernatural episodes is shown, one of the CSI episodes is shown, his Doctor Who episodes are shown, his Charmed episode is shown. He yeah. is one of the key, is a quintessential nerd actor. He probably only makes maybe 50 cents per. I'm not sure if it's just a guesstimation. For seeing, yeah. for seeing so many actors talking about it, there is a George and it depends on how big your name is and how known your show is or how big your show is. Because right now, Criminal Minds Evolution is being distributed all across the globe. Maybe Criminal Mind right now is being shown all across the globe as well, which means that the actors from the show, they're going to get more residuals now than they did before because of the Criminal Minds Evolution. Maybe they're getting more residuals from Evolution than they they were getting before because it's a new show. What about CSI? Well, CSI is huge in South America. CSI investigation is huge. So maybe the actors, they're getting a lot of money too. Like our actors, they're getting a lot of money as well. Who knows? But uh, oh, what is... I just saw a tweet from John Cusack, who's a major actor. 
that's like real reality. Yes, your stars get paid, but stars do nothing alone because it ain't stand up. Actors on massive TV shows who are really recording characters are allowed to be quoted in as guest stars. So, an actor's on a number one hit show in television are offered four grand an episode as guest stars for four, six, eight, or more episodes. That means after Texas agent, lawyer, maybe managers, they'll be likely to take home. Twelve hundred to fourteen hundred dollars, maybe. Okay, well, at the at the end of the day, the writers are the ones that make our show so good. At the end of the day, they're the ones that make our show, our characters, and they're the ones that make everything good. Who do you think made that so amazing episode on like the last episode of CSI Vegas season two? That whole thing about we thinking that Josh killed the guy when he didn't. Well, who do you think is that? The writers are the backbones of this industry. And they are the ones that gave us so many good characters. And it's not going to be an AI that is going to take the job. Because in the end of the day, AI was made by a human being. It's on their sexual intelligence. I don't know if you guys watch. I don't know if you guys watch any Marvel shows, but the last one that Marvel did, the opening credit was made by artificial intelligence, and it split the fans because some of them said that it made completely sense because of the content of the show, but part of the fans said that it stole somebody's art, which it did. And and there's this there's this audiobook company called Big Finish. They do a lot of audiobooks for things like, like Seven, Doctor Who. I think they've done some Sherlock audiobooks. They, for, uh, for one of the anniversary stories for the 60th anniversary of Doctor Who, they created an AI generation cover of the story. And that infuriated all Whovian fans, because a lot of us are fighting against AI standing in the walks. So after the fight and everybody saying, we will not buy this one they did change it but that's because we fought for it because ai is stealing anybody's work like if you use ai google space they have the right to steal some of to sample some of the writing to see how other how everybody writes to make to make it a better quality it's the same thing if you go on youtube and put like starboy by taylor swift there is a like Starboy is by the weekend, but there is a version by Taylor Swift that was made by AI. It doesn't sound nearly as good. Not that the weekend I mean I'm having problems with the weekend because of the idol, but didn't see it, but it's because of the specific scene. You guys obviously know what sweet scene I'm talking about. Uh, AI did a version of Starboy by the weekend but sang by Taylor Swift. I'm pretty sure Taylor Swift did not approve of the ad. She wouldn't. And there's a lot of songs out there that are technically being by other artists. They're, that it's not their songs. Oh, it's not a cover. Oh, it's not even a cover. We're talking about this because we have seen the actors from our show going to the trenches, to the front lines, to fight for the writers. Just as Mark said, and... Oh, no. oh, well, now 
just as Mark said on a live stream that she did with Eric a few months ago, celebrate that Greg and Catherine were back together on the screen. She said that she got in contact with the writers and she wanted a specific story wherein written for her and they wrote it. And the only way that that could have been done is if the actors have this connection with the writers. It's the same thing as if, like, when you watch a show for so long and you know a character, not only because the actor made it their own, but because the writer had the actor in the mind, in their mind when they wrote this specific dialogue. Okay, I'm gonna talk about this, uh, this other show that I'm watching right now, too. Like, I'm watching the originals, and I absolutely love Klaus, the villain turned anti hero, and I absolutely love him. Joseph Mulgrew was born to play that role. He made it his own, but he started out as a villain. He started out as a villain, and the only reason he could play that role so well was because of the writers. It's the same thing as the other actor, uh, Daniel Gillis. He was supposed to be a one time villain. People loved him so much, they had to keep bringing him back, and the writers kept writing him. Father in television history, the character Kimmy Gibbler on Full House. She was only supposed to be a one-time, a one-off character. And she stayed for the full time and even within Fuller House as, one, as, the, as the jewelry role <laughs> in raising the kids. If you watch one of I'm pretty sure you, or even if you don't, I'm pretty sure you've heard that line, what is grief if not... I love persevering. It sure wasn't Paul Bethany that came up with this line. Well, one of my favorite lines from a recent episode of Who is, it's the seventh Dr. Hologram with an eighth, and it says, she's, Ace apologizes for whatever she said to him. It's like, well, then he says something along the lines of, all children leave home in the end, the joy is to watch them fly. That was done by Chris Chimble because he was writing this episode Around the same time, his son was leaving for college. So, these are not done by the actors. Yes, those two, this took, the actors who played those two characters have been in each other's lives since 1987. Genius. What I'm trying to say is that the actors, they do a great job in, in portraying these characters and bringing them to life. But it's not a... One person job to do this, like, yeah, there's multiple writers for each episode, and eventually yeah. goes up to the head writer. For example, Grissom and Sarah's relationship in Which season seven. Thoughtful. Yeah, Grissom and Sarah's relationship, but it's it's really subtle. It's really subtle. I think it was supposed to be really subtle. And mm-hmm. if you really look for it, you can find it. I think looking back, I think there's a great way to do it. Because it is a detective show in a way. And it's a great... Just season six are together and nobody really finds out. It's a detective show, so I mean... Oh, it's... You know, he says... Breast, I mean, said... but it's a... It's Brett. Breast is an, it's a whole other thing. I mean, Breast is a great detective. And Breast uh, is, is, is a real detective. He's not just a science investigator. I think it was a great thing. I mean, a little breadcrumbs for the viewer to look for if they wanted to. If you know where to look, you're going to find it. The cocoon scene. 
Well, I absolutely love that episode. Why why do you think season seven is the favorite among among fans? Most of the time, at least. Not all the time. Because they're like, I absolutely love season seven, but I also absolutely love what they are doing with CSI Vegas. I absolutely love that because it, it is a great appeal to my generation, at least. I know that people from other generations might not absolutely love what they are doing because of some prejudice that they might have inside of themselves. I don't know how it feels like to carry all that hatred inside of themselves, but uh, I absolutely love what they're doing. So, well, next week, what are you talking about? Oh, next week, we're going to be covering Grave Danger, which, I mean, sounds a bit of ironic because the cast, when they were when they were shooting the episode, they were also tired. They were also really tired. Even two of the cast members were asked, going up and asking, when are we going to be finished? And these two of the movies. That is, that is great. Oh, I love that. I'm going to have to watch that imagine. commentary on it. Well, let me guys saw so much. This love y'all. Wasn't, wasn't really focused on CSI as much as he wanted to, but I would just needed to say something. Wait, I'm conducting a bit of it, uh, quite a bit of it to CSI, though. Yeah. Well, we're still going to be covering his label of Las Vegas, but uh, not right now. Thank you so much for me. So, uh, you guys probably understand that. And we so. we gotta add this in. We do support the strike. We support it one hundred percent. We love you guys so so much. Bye y'all. Bye. Bye. Bye.